and welcome to episode three of Set Your Mind to It with Michaela Campbell. This is a podcast where I'll be sharing personal advice, tips and life experiences to help like-minded, ambitious young women to set their mind to it and achieve their goals. So for today's episode, I'm going to be chatting about how to feel better. This topic took me a little while to come up with because I had a few different angles I wanted to approach this topic from and I wasn't sure what would be most helpful and I thought once I came across this, this would be the best way because what I really wanted to get into was thoughts and feelings and I know that might sound a bit wishy-washy but it's so important and so relevant when it comes to mindset and this podcast is about setting your mind to it which does come down to the mindset work. So I thought at some point I needed to address thoughts and feelings if you are wanting to achieve your goals. This is a must. So today's episode, I'll chat all about how you can feel better with going over how the brain works, um, all about feeling your feelings and some examples of how I've actually put this into play in my own life so that it's not just me talking about it. You can actually see that this does work if you apply it and really get this because I think what was tricky is a lot of people get this theoretically but they don't actually apply it in their own life. I asked a few people as well when I was trying to figure out what angle to tackle this episode from because I really wanted to understand if everyone got this concept that your thoughts create your feelings and it seemed that people kind of got it. Um, They could say theoretically that you know They know that what they think creates their feelings, but it wasn't coming through in what I was seeing in their lives. So I was like, let's delve deep into this. And if you are an avid podcast listener or personal development um, person who's devoured a lot of information about it, you might already get this, but maybe hearing me say it in a different way might be what you need to really have it resonate with you and to apply it in a different way. Um, And it might just be a good reminder to keep on at it because this is something you do need to continually apply. Um, And if you've never really heard much about this concept, then I hope that this teaches you something, excuse me, and that you can actually use it to transform your life if you let it. So let's get into how the brain works. So I guess when I say how the brain works, I'm talking about the mind. So how the brain works is that Your thoughts create your feelings, which create your actions, which create your results. I did mention this in my previous episodes. Um, It's the model that I've learned most from Brooke Castillo in the Life Coach School podcast. So again, I've shouted her out in previous episodes, um, but I would recommend checking out her early episodes. So scroll right back to the start and have a listen. Her very first episode is a great one for this Um. But this is so important to understand. So I think in episode one, I focus more about you need to take control of your thoughts to get the end result. This episode, I really want to focus on taking control of your thoughts um, to control your feelings. Because if you don't have them in check, a lot of people aren't going to be satisfied. A lot of people report just wanting to feel better. And this is how you do that. So... It might not be as result focused in this episode, but if you can feel better in your life, you're going to be so much happier and then you can get all those goals and all that success that you so desperately desire. So 
let's delve into this a little bit deeper. I want you to really embrace the idea of feeling your feelings. So when I say that, a lot of people tend to avoid feeling their feelings. We live in a day and age where you can just avoid your feelings because there's so many things that we can turn to to avoid feeling your feelings. So for example, a lot of people overeat rather than feeling what they're feeling or they drink or they might use drugs or they might use Netflix. It might be social media, but it's all avoidance of feeling your feelings. It's masking, it's numbing so that you don't have to deal with what you're actually feeling. So if you can actually control what you're feeling, you don't need any of these techniques. You don't need to rely on eating, drinking, any of those things, or even just if it's your Netflix, whatever it might be, whatever your go-to thing is, because most often there's probably one thing that each person tends to steer towards as their go-to coping mechanism, then if you can control your thoughts and your feelings, you won't need that. So to feel your feelings, I want to kind of get you to understand the concept that a feeling is just a vibration within your body. So it's just a physical sensation. So if you can really have a think about that, because it's kind of weird when you think we talk about feelings, we have names for them, but what is it actually? Like, What is a feeling? And if you try and put like descriptive words to it, it's kind of tricky, but a feeling, it is actually just a vibration. And I think I'm still working on understanding it and like putting words to my feelings but that's what I want you to try to do is to name your feelings so for example because a lot of what this is about is if you're wanting to feel better it's about changing from negative emotions to positive emotions so naming those negative emotions what do you feel often it might be in your chest or it might be in your stomach. They're very common places to feel your emotions. Um, so for me, an emotion I commonly feel is stress. So where do I feel that? Or maybe a better example for where I feel like if I'm feeling a bit anxious. So that might be like a tightening of the chest area. It might have to do with, you know, feeling like it's a little bit harder to breathe. So that tight chest um, tight throat, beating heart, like a f- racing heart, that's a physical sensation. And like the knot in your stomach. So if you're feeling anxious, for me, might feel like, you know, people say they feel sick to, sick to their stomach. That's that physical sensation. So it's putting that name of if it's worry, stress, anxious, putting that feeling to the physical sensation. So you, then you can name it. And then from there, you've named it, you can take control of the thoughts that are creating that specific feeling because you need to know what the feeling is to then be able to control the thoughts around it. Um, It just helps if you can put that name to the feeling. But what I want to get down to is that you can really choose your feeling. So once you've acknowledged what you're actually feeling physically, you can choose your feelings by choosing your thoughts. So it all comes down to thoughts, create your feelings, create your actions, create your results. But you might go, depending on where you're at with what you believe and 
your own mindset about this all, you might think that your experiences create your feelings. And the reason I kind of came up with this idea for the podcast episode is because I had a friend say that he'd hurt her feelings. And this really, I didn't say too much at the time because I don't want to come across as trying to teach someone when they're not asking for that. But if you guys are listening, then you might want to know about it. So when I heard this, I thought, no one can hurt your feelings. But it's really hard to, it's one thing to say that and then it's another to actually understand that and put it into practice. So this is all about no one can hurt your feelings because you choose your feelings by choosing your thoughts. So for example, if you want to choose your thoughts, you can think about what would I be thinking if I was happy or excited? So a great example that I heard Brooke Castillo use in her podcast was if a person wins the lottery, what are they going to be thinking? So they're probably going to think they have lots of freedom and they're going to be able to do whatever they want because they can buy whatever they want. They might be able to think that they don't have to work so therefore they don't have to stress. They might think they're going to be able to take care of their family. They might think they're able to going to go on holidays. They have more time. All these things about what they can do that they'll be able to do because of winning the lottery. All of these are thoughts that they're having about what they'll be able to do. And if you think about this, this could be happening between when they've actually got been announced as the lottery winner. They might not have had that money put into their bank account yet. They might have the exact same amount of money in their bank account. But they might immediately start to feel happy as soon as they've been told that they've won the lottery. So nothing's changed. They haven't actually got the money. They haven't started living that life of luxury or freedom whatever it might be that winning the lottery might be. It might be that they want to donate to charity, that they can contribute more, that that's what they want to do with it all. They haven't actually started doing any of that yet, but they've changed. They're feeling happy, ecstatic, excited, joyous, overwhelmed, whatever they might be feeling. That's all started as soon as they've been told that, not because they've got the money, but because their thoughts have changed. And that is what's so crucial to understand here. It's the thoughts, it's not the circumstance. So that model I was talking about, the thoughts create your feelings, create your action, create your results. The thing that comes before that is actually the circumstance and the circumstance is neutral. So in this example, winning the lottery is the circumstance. Then the thoughts about it create those feelings of joy and ecstasy and happiness. But that's available to you right now and this is where it gets awesome basically because You can access any of those thoughts now. One, I guess, sentence that I heard, and it's an episode by Brooke Casea. I'm pretty sure off the top of my head it's episode nine because I've listened to it that many times. I actually just downloaded it and it would be my go-to because this concept, this sentence, anytime I was starting to feel a bit like I wasn't in control of how I felt, bringing it back to this helped me so much. So the thought... Well, the sentence is, it doesn't get better than this. And what this means is, our present day reality is no better or worse 
than what the future will be. So we might think, oh, it'll be better once I've got that job, once I've got the house, once I've got the partner, once I've got a degree, once I've got money, all of those things, all of those sorts, because then they are associated with what you can do and what that might mean to you and all those things that you think and associate with it. You can actually have all those thoughts. So if I think that I'll be happier once I have a full-time job because I'll have more money, which means I'll have maybe more freedom or not necessarily time, but I'll be able to buy more things or I'm just trying to think of what it would actually enable me to do that would make me happy. But any of those thoughts about what it would enable me to do, so let's say it would mean that I would have um, more time on the weekends to spend with friends and I would be happy because of that. The thought that I would be happier because I'd be with friends is available to me now. And it's a bit of a tricky concept to get your head around, but anything that you're thinking when you think that you'll be happy in the future is a thought that you can have now to apply that happiness to now, but you've got to choose to do that. And you might be thinking now, well, yeah, okay, that's all well and good, but everyone's not happy all the time. And that's like, no one wants to be happy all the time. Like, what if someone dies? You don't want to be happy. Like, that's silly. Exactly. It's a choice. So I'm not saying choose happiness. I'm saying choose your feelings and I want you to really distinguish the two. I truly, truly believe that the human experience is 50-50. And when I say 50-50, I mean 50% positive and 50% negative. 50% happy, 50% not so happy or more on the negative side of emotion. Um, and the reason I say that, again, learnt it from Brooke Costello. I've learned a lot of the mind work um, mindset work from her because that just happens to be the way that the human experience is is and if you argue against that you create a lot of resistance trying to always be happy because we don't want to be happy all the time and there's just parts of the human experience that's going to mean there's situations and experience that mean that we want to feel other ways and if you try to feel happy 100% of the time just doesn't work out because there's situations where you want to maybe feel so for example if someone's passed away you want to feel sad you want to grieve but you might also want to celebrate their life it's totally up to you it's a choice and not everyone's death for example is going to feel the same way because it's a choice another example is with COVID-19 not everyone experienced that the same way we had the whole world affected by it and everyone had such a vast array of emotions and responses to that. And that is just the most epic like example of how we are responsible for how we feel. Because some th- people, like I at the start of it, I wasn't too stressed about it all. I kind of thought um, that it wasn't going to be too bad. I've got a background in health, <coughs> excuse me, with my... Um, being a physio student I have a pretty good understanding of like biology and I wasn't overly worried about it all um, and then I learned a bit more I got a little bit more concerned because of what I thought it might mean 
and I was worried about all the vulnerable people and then I was worried about then when it went into people um, you know shopping and stocking up on supplies and they're not being enough so I went from thinking okay it's just a virus I know that it's likely not going to pose a real danger to me if I'm sensible and safe and follow all the precautions to then I started to let things worry me like there might not be enough food there might not be enough toilet paper for example what am I going to do um and then you start to change your thoughts about it because nothing's changed the situation was still the same um because it was all in a quite a quick short period when it all started to change but my thoughts about how it would affect me how it would affect others what it might mean changed and therefore I started to feel worried stressed anxious um really concerned and that was all because of my thoughts but again circumstances pretty much stayed the same we went into lockdown and again I had thoughts about what that meant because I stopped working and what would that mean for what I did with my time and it looked like my course would get pushed out at uni so what did that mean all things that were good reason to cause stress if I wanted them to but the thing was I got to choose that I could also say have a more positive and grateful attitude like that I'm so lucky I'm in a first world country where it's so safe we have such an amazing healthcare system I have the ability to stay at home I can work from home or in some capacity can study from home Um, I'm likely very safe and will come out this other side just fine but they're all the thoughts that I got to choose so there's two sides to that and it's a matter of choosing which one you want to feel so you can feel bad if you want to feel stressed and worried you can that's fine but what I want you to take away from this is that you get to choose which side of that you feel because you get to choose the thoughts about it and most people say like if you boil it down to the very basis of what we want most people say they want to be happy and you take that a little bit further what does be happy mean it's they want to feel happy and if most people if that's their goal in life to retire and be happy or to work and be happy whatever stage of life you might be looking at if that can be achieved by changing our thoughts at any stage in our life why not choose those thoughts that create happiness the grateful thoughts um, positive thoughts excited thoughts all those things that make you feel good now if that's what we all want make that conscious choice to make those thoughts yours most of the time you can still have those negatives they're still going to be your 50 50 of times when you don't want to feel that when you want to feel other emotions but for when you do want to feel positive don't let yourself be negative 95 percent of the time just because you're having pre-programmed thoughts that you've just had over the years and they've just become habits take control of them and actually have thoughts that are useful to you that empower you and make you feel good um so I want to kind of give you a few examples of how I've applied this in my own life so that you're not just thinking that I'm all talk and not actually walking the walk Um, because this really can transform any area of your life if you let it Um, because 
like I said, like a lot of people get this in theory, but once you apply it, it's so different. But before I get into that, I just want to make a comment as well, because before I started recording this episode, I went and picked my sister's brain because I really wasn't sure what everyone's base level of understanding of this concept was. And so I want to try and get a bit of a reference by asking some questions. And she made some really good points and I came back with my responses and I wanted to share with you what I said to her that this in no way shape or form is saying if someone's got depression or any mental illness that they can just choose to be better because I completely recognize that that is a physiological change in the brain that's a whole different ballpark I'm not saying that if you've got a mental illness that you can choose to get better that is not what I'm saying so I don't want you to misinterpret it this is for just someone who is wanting to take control of their thoughts that doesn't have anything that's changing their brain at a physiological level Um, depression anxiety all of those things are very very real some of these techniques might help um, in terms of the intensity but I definitely recommend seeking professional help medication no by no means Um, Am I saying don't try to do the thought work here? If it's something you're interested in, by all means, try to think positive thoughts. But I'm not saying that doesn't mean go and seek your medical treatment as well because there's definitely a lot more to mental illnesses than thought work. So just wanted to make that really clear because that was one point that my sister did bring up and I didn't want you guys to get to the end of this episode and think, well, that doesn't make sense. Like, what about depression? two very different things and um yeah just wanted to say that so that you know I am not saying that as a blanket statement to everyone um so the examples I have for when I've actually applied this thought work um so first of all what you need to do to do this strategy for how to feel better is think about what would I be thinking if I was happy or excited or whichever emotion it might be joyous or whatever emotion you want to feel think about what would I be thinking if I was happy the emotion I'm going to go with and then apply it to your specific situation and then use those thoughts in that situation so for example I was in a relationship and I was feeling quite unhappy at one stage during the relationship um just due due to what I thought was because of part my partner's drinking and prioritizing time with friends and not being included in those activities and I let that really get to me and I was thinking oh I'd just be happier if he spent more time with me or if he included me or if he drank less and I would be happier because that means what I was making it mean at the time was I am not a priority if he's doing those things therefore I'm unhappy but I just went straight from his actions his which was my circumstance and that's where you have to be careful of not taking on other people's models so not taking on other people's thoughts or feelings or action or results so his action was my circumstance completely neutral to me it didn't make me feel a certain way my thoughts about that circumstance which was his actions was what created my feelings and it was only when I heard one of Brooke's episodes 
that I really understood this because I completely thought that he was making me feel upset and hurt. Completely not the case. It was my own thoughts about what that meant and I was making it mean that I was not a priority which of course isn't going to make anyone feel good if they don't think they're cared for in the relationship which is what it came down to and all I needed to do to fix this and it is exactly what I did was change my own thoughts it didn't actually require a conversation with him it just required me to recognize that I was choosing to think that it meant I was not a priority I could actually choose something different and I got the choice of whether I wanted to think it meant something different or not and I looked at the situation and I could see that maybe that wasn't what it was maybe I was a priority but it was just it needed to be a balance of friends and um, relationship time and that change in thought to making it all about me to having that understanding and saying I think the thought that I changed to in the end was um, he still cares about me and I am still a priority and that can still be the case with those actions and I felt so much better and I felt so much less angst and upset and hurt around it and it dramatically improved our relationship so that all came about because of my thought work and it didn't require a conversation and that's what ultimately led to me feeling better And then on the flip side of that, I can also speak from the experience of a breakup of that same relationship. So, of course, after a breakup, I didn't want to feel happy. Most people want to feel sad. You want to mourn the loss. You had a life planned out. You want to mourn all those things that you have to let go of. And I definitely went through all of the emotions of sadness, grief, upset, anger at times, all of those things. And they went on for a long time, longer than I would have liked. But looking at that, I can also say that I was choosing that because it was part of my process of moving on. But then came a point, um, a conversation where I had made up in my mind that if a certain outcome after our conversation was that there was no future, it was just put to rest, then I would just put it all to bed. I would just move on and I would stop having thoughts that would make me unhappy. And that's exactly what I've done. I have very literally just taken control of my thoughts, which I think previously I hadn't wanted to. I was quite happy indulging in the negative emotions and I can recognize that I was indulging in those to now letting myself feel happy to move on and to let that be okay and to not have to feel hurt and grief and sadness over it because I've chosen to think that everything happens for a reason it happened the way it was meant to and I'm choosing more empowering thoughts about it rather than thinking oh it's a loss and that's all in the thought work so all comes down to me choosing how to feel um, and times that might not be happy so you've just got to choose which one you want to feel given the situation Um, some other examples of this was with my cert three and four in fitness I wanted to get that done because I thought I would feel really happy 
um, and accomplished once it was done. I'd feel less stressed. Um, it was a goal for so long because if you listen to the last episode, that took me three years to get done because it was an online course. And the thing is, once I did get it done, I actually only felt like that real joy and ecstatic feeling that I had expected for maybe maximum 24 hours. So after three years, I felt really happy for 24 hours that I was finally done with it because I was having those sorts of, oh my God, I've done it. I'm so proud of myself. You can achieve what you set your mind to. Um, You can get it done no matter what. So I was having positive thoughts. But then after that 24 hour period, I felt kind of same, same, same because all the you know, I guess original day-to-day thoughts were back. I wasn't focusing on those sorts of, oh my God, yes, you got it done as much anymore. It was all right, on to the next thing. And that feeling of joy, happiness and ecstasy was all gone straight away, just back to a baseline feeling. So I guess in saying that, I want you to realize that some people want to achieve things like achieve success or a house or money or a family or a partner like I was saying before all those things because of how they think it will make them feel and the reason I give you that example is because there's no guarantee that it will make you feel a certain way and even if it does that it won't last very long and this was one example that I was really um, I guess got to experience firsthand that once you achieve something it feels good for a little bit but it's not ongoing because we just change our thoughts we change our goals we change what we want and so I would say don't try to achieve something just for the way it's going to make you feel because that's ultimately going to be very short-lived as it was for me what you can do is change your thoughts and feel that way now don't bother waiting until you achieve that goal just change your thoughts whatever thoughts so for example with my cert 3-4 I was thinking Once I get that done, I'll feel like I will be less stressed because I don't have to do that work anymore. Um, I'll feel accomplished and I'll feel proud of myself for pushing through and getting it done even in the face of adversity and difficulties. All of those thoughts about what I'd make it mean, I could think those at any time I want. So I could choose to be proud of myself. I could choose to um, be happy and proud that I'd push through even when it was difficult. Even though I hadn't finished it yet, I could still have those thoughts and be proud and happy and content with my efforts while still getting it done. I'm not saying don't strive for things, but just don't strive for them for the purpose of feeling a certain way because that's short-lived and it's not guaranteed anyway. But what's guaranteed is having a thought that'll make you feel good. So ask for you, what would make you happy? What would you be thinking once you got that certain goal? So for example, another goal of mine is I want to buy a house in maybe a year or so. And I have thoughts about how that would make me feel. I'd be doing it as a single young woman and I would feel incredibly proud to be able to do that on my own. Um, It would be that sense of accomplishment I feel like it would give me a sense of freedom in the sense of having my own place. 
um, a sense of success almost, I guess. Um, all of these sorts of what it would mean to have achieved that. They're all thoughts that I can have now. If I break that down, I can be proud that I can save up to do that. Um, I think this is probably a goal that I'm still working on feeling that now because it's very much attached to what it will mean once I've got it. So in some of the other examples, I feel like I've come through the other side of it. With this one, I'm still in the midst of it. Um, But I think with having that goal, it's not something that I'm going to be waiting to get to feel good about. I'm already feeling good about having that goal and saving up towards it. I'm already proud of myself for staying dedicated and committed to saving for it. Um, I still feel excited about it now. I'm not going to wait till I have the physical house in front of me to feel excited to move in because I know that will last for maybe 12 to 24 hours and then the excitement or maybe it'll be like a brand new house and the excitement of moving in and living in a new house will be amazing. That'll wear off within a week. So I'm enjoying the anticipation and the hard work to get there and the, I think you can get so much enjoyment out of the um, excitement leading up to it because once you've got there, the excitement is so short-lived that you're better off to enjoy it in the lead up to it um, rather than expecting it to be amazing and to last, um, that amazing feeling to last once you're in there because it's just not going to from my personal experience with other goals and I'm sure you've got your own examples of things that you've worked super hard for and then you got there and you're like oh is that it what's next because it's just in human nature to be looking for that next thing that you can work towards um and even other things like with work I think it's quite common for people to say that they dread work like the concept of oh it's Monday Monday-itis all those common terms that people throw around about dreading work and hump day you know halfway through the week and Friday is Friday like you just can't wait to be done with the week all of those things like it's so ingrained in our culture to not enjoy work and I wouldn't say I was ever someone who hated work but I was kind of like yeah in the middle I think I've liked um, work in some sense but I would still dread going to work and you know complain and just make it worse than it had to be but I think that's another area I've started to really be conscious and aware of what I'm saying about you know oh I have to go to work and oh I have to because that has a negative connotation in itself that thought that sentence that so anything that you say out loud is also a thought that you're having in your head so me saying oh I have to go to work is negative And so I picked up on that, that I was doing it because I didn't really hate work. It was just kind of a habit. Everyone else does it. You're all complaining about work. It's a way to bond and connect with people. So you do it. Once I picked myself up on that, I was actually able to say, start to talk about work in a different way. So my thoughts changed about it. So I would say to people, yeah, I love work. I love my job. I love what I do. I love my people that I work with. They're my friends. I can't wait to go into work to see my friends can't wait to go into work and see my clients and again this is takes practice takes repetition to become a habit I'm not going to be saying this all the time like it would be weird to be that positive all the time I would say like it would be 
um, unusual and I don't want to always be positive like sometimes there's other stuff going on but majority of the time I do want to be positive for work because it makes me feel good and then it makes the people around me feel good so by changing that language about I love my job I can't wait to go back to work that was one thing I noticed I um, was able to utilize I was away from work for a month for a placement I was on the other side of the country and I was quite aware that I was saying to people I can't wait to go back to work I'm missing work that was the language that I used and that just changed how I felt it changed to a feeling of excitement to be back to work and when I did return to work I was so excited to be back I enjoyed it and that feeling lasted it was a change in my thoughts from the day to day like because I was constantly reinforcing and telling people I love what I do I work with amazing people I was then excited when I got back to work and I got to enjoy it because I was having positive thoughts about it that I'd started to really I believe them so Um, They made me feel good because I was happy to be there. And then finally, I'll start to wrap it up here because we're already getting kind of into a long episode. But the only reason that we want anything is because how we believe it will make us feel. So I really want you to remember that. The only reason that we want anything is because of how we believe it will make us feel. If you can understand that, that's it you'll be able to make such a change so I hope that this episode has been helpful that you've taken something away from it regardless of whether you already had a pretty good understanding of this concept or not I hope that this has inspired you to take control of your thoughts ask yourself what would I be thinking if I was happy if I was excited um, in this situation and mind you as well this doesn't have to be true nothing about our thoughts have to be true All you have to do is choose to believe them. So ask yourself good questions. Think those thoughts that you want to create those feelings and just take responsibility of your feelings. I think the biggest takeaway from this is that no one else is responsible for your feelings. No one can hurt your feelings. No one can make you feel a certain way. You are responsible for that because of the thoughts that you have about a specific circumstance, whether that be a life experience or event. Um, so just recognize that, that you are in control and you can make yourself feel better if you choose. So thank you so much for listening. Please check back in next week for a weekly episode. And if you get a chance, please jump onto Instagram and follow set your mind to it underscore. So at set your mind to it, followed by an underscore on Instagram, um, where I'll be posting, Lots of little quotes and things to keep you inspired related to the episodes. And if you get a chance, if you could please, please leave a review or give the episode a five-star review if you've loved it, that would be amazing. I'd love to hear any feedback you have, whether that be via a review or a DM on Instagram. Um, Please let me know and I'll chat to you guys next week. Bye.